0: So, during this season, we are celebrating not just the coming of a Savior, We are celebrating the coming of a king. And the reason I say that is because it is so important. We certainly need a savior. That's something we focus on in the church, and and we do it for a reason, because without a savior, we are lost. A king does us no good. We must have a savior, because without that, we cannot be in the presence of God. Because of our sin, because of our rebellion, that must be dealt with. But hear this clearly, once that is dealt with, you still need a king. You need a king in your life. This world needs a king, and Jesus is the king. And so what we are celebrating is is the coming of a king. You know, and in this nation, uh, we've gotten away from a king. And the reason we've gotten away from a king is because we can't trust people right right we can't trust ourselves nobody can be trusted with absolute power but i want you to look at our system and we have a great system okay we have a great system in our nation of checks and balances to try and keep evil from reigning because when you give absolute power to someone as the saying goes it absolutely corrupts. So we have all these checks and balances. Now I want to ask you, is that working? No, (laughs) it's not working. Like you can give me all the checks and balances you want left to myself. I am a mess. I am in a bad way. I need a king. This world needs a king. And so that's part of what we are celebrating, not just the coming of a Savior, but a coming of the king. And, and because, you know, in my life, even if you save me and you, 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 you remove my sins, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go back to the sin, <laughs> Because I need a king to lead me away from the sin so that I can continue to live in freedom. And even if I'm set free from sin, we still live in a world that, that is full of, of absolute corruption. It is everywhere. For those of you who've, who've lived a number of years, it is absolutely astonishing the depths that it goes. And I, I, I'm... I don't say that to discourage you, but I say it so that you will see things in a real light so that you can see the absolute celebration that the coming of Jesus is as the coming King because He is absolutely uncorrupt. He is absolutely uncorrupt and He is coming back. And part of the reason that this is so good to celebrate his initial coming is because his initial coming was spoken of hundreds and hundreds of years before it ever happened. And it happened. The coming of the king happened. And so what that does is it gives us hope because we live in a place uh, that, that's a mess. As John was talking about, all the money didn't help us. You know, and we're going to be looking at a scripture in Isaiah this morning. And what's so interesting about that is that uh, the people of Israel were like us in that they were unbelievably blessed. And they were blessed with a system that was to be led by God, Uh, and they had everything that they could want, but they lost it all Because they didn't look to the Lord. And when they stopped looking to the Lord, everything fell apart. But here's the beauty of it. In the midst of that, as the prophet Isaiah was speaking to them and saying, Judgment's coming. Judgment's coming. He was also saying, but there's also coming a king. So for those of you who are following the Lord, know that this world and the things around you are falling apart. But there is a King that's coming, and a King that is going to restore order, and He's going to restore the earth, and He's going to burn away everything that is not of Him. And that's why this is an absolute celebration. We have so much to look forward to. Like Israel, we are a nation that is currently under a level of judgment. We are because of the degree that we have turned away from the Lord and we're suffering for it. But here is the good news. For those of you who have turned your hearts over to the Lord, you have nothing to fear. You have nothing to fear because the king is already guiding things. Now he's letting things go on and there are things happening all around us, but he is guiding things. And as we look to the prophecies this morning, what it shows is that he is guiding things because he's speaking hundreds of years before things happen and then they happen just as he says. So today, as we look at the fact that that the word says he's coming back and it tells exactly how it's going to happen, you need to know this. That's, gonna, that's how it's going to happen. Now we don't know the timeline. H- how's it going to play out right here where we're at? I, I don't know exactly, but-, but as I focus on Jesus and as I focus on what the Word says, I guess I don't live in fear. I don't live in fear. When I start to focus on the here and now and I start to focus on me and I take my eye off of Jesus, I get freaked out. I'm like, we're in a mess. I, I mean, everything around me is a mess. And, but when I look at Jesus... I see, oh, man, what we're going through here, this (laughs) this is nothing. Read your word. What what He has taken His people through is unbelievable. And where He is taking us is unbelievable. We have so much hope. And that's why we celebrate. That's why we celebrate. Again, as I talked about last night or last time we were together, I mean, you know, the the get-togethers are nice and the lights and the songs and all that. But Jesus, Jesus is what we celebrate. And when you focus on Jesus, the other things become a blessing. But when you don't focus on Jesus and you have all the comforts that John was talking about, they're not comforts anymore. They, they, they don't fill your soul. And I, and I found that out because, you know, I, I, when it comes to material things, I mean, I I was thinking about this, like, I think I've received just about everything I ever dreamed of. I I mean, I I dreamed about the farm and, you know, horses and having a tractor and, you know, I I mean, I, like, I've got it all. And I want you to know, that doesn't fulfill me. It doesn't fulfill me. Jesus, Jesus is the one that fulfills me. The scripture we're going to be at this morning is Isaiah chapter 9. Um, but I, I actually want to just touch on a little bit of Isaiah chapter 8 before we get into what we're going to be focusing on, just to kind of give you a background. So I mentioned this a little bit already. This is the prophet Isaiah, and Isaiah spoke through many uh, through a time that had many different kings. At the time he's speaking... Um, Israel is split into two kingdoms. You have the northern kingdom, you have the southern kingdom. And in chapter 8, he's speaking about the destruction that's coming to the northern kingdom. It, it's getting ready for to be destroyed. And the whole reason is, is because they're not, they're not looking to God. They're looking to all these you know, idols, and they're looking to other countries to save them, and they're, they're, they simply are not trusting in God. Um, and in, in the middle of that, there's just, everything is chaos. Corruptions all around them. Um, but I want you to hear some of Isaiah's words that God is speaking through him to the people that are truly following God, because these, these come to us. So in chapter 8, verse 11, this isn't our main text, but I just, again, to give you some background, it says, the Lord has given me a strong warning, strong warning, not to think like everyone else does. And I want you to hear that, okay? This is really important, because, um, you know, we are surrounded by media, right? Um, Because we have the internet, we're surrounded by media, and we're always being told how to think. And, And, you know, you have opposing sides that say, oh, I think totally different than that side, and I think totally different than that side. What I want you to hear this morning, we are not to think like either. We are not to think like either, whatever the side is. We are to think like the Lord thinks. And so part of what he says in this next verse is, Don't call everything a conspiracy like they do, and don't live in dread of what frightens them. You know, these are words we hear a lot of today about conspiracy and so on, and it's because, I mean, it means people are conspiring, and they are, okay? The enemy's conspiring and all that, but notice it says, don't live in dread of this. Don't sit around and focus on these things and live in dread of this. Well, why wouldn't we? It says, verse 13, make the Lord of heaven's armies holy in your life. What that means is he's set apart and you're focused on him when he's holy in your life. He is the one you should fear. And that doesn't mean that you can't trust him, but it means that your eyes should be on him. And what you should fear is what he thinks that, that, that's, that should be our focal point. And when you do that, you don't have time for all this other stuff. And I've said before, it's not that we don't get involved, okay? I'm involved. I, I, it's a very important that, that I be involved as much as I can and try to bring the ways of God to whatever I'm involved in. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that's not my focal point. That's not where I get my uh, bullet points and how to think. Where I get my bullet points and how to think is the Word of God. And I get it through focusing on him and prayer. God, what do I focus on? And when that happens, all this other stuff that's going on and people are freaked out and so on, I don't have to worry about it. Because as I look in the Word, I see that God is guiding history. Again, does that mean bad things aren't going to happen? No, that's not that's not what I'm saying. But he's guiding it. And, 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 and he's already established what the end is going to be. And so that's part of what he's trying um, to tell these people. Verse 14, he says, He will keep you safe, but to Israel and Judah, he will be a stone that makes people stumble, a rock that makes them fall. And for the people of Jerusalem, he'll be a trap and a snare. Many will stumble and fall, never to rise again. They will be snared and captured. Preserve the teaching of God and trust His instructions to those who follow me. I will wait for the Lord." Who has turned away from the descendants of Jacob? I will put my hope in him. What he's saying is he had turned away from the people as a whole because the people as a whole were not following him. But he was speaking to the individuals who would follow him, saying, "Trust in him. He's going to provide for you." So even if you live in a nation that's under judgment, guess what? If God is your Savior, He is able to provide for you. Uh, at One of our uh, Thanksgiving gatherings, I didn't have the opportunity to talk to the person, but Nikki did. We were talking to a person who lives in China, you know, and and when you hear that, you know, we, we heard all the stories about how bad things are and so on. But one of the things I was reminded in just hearing some of the things that he shared is that God's providing for those who follow him in China. Like wherever you are, he provides. Does that mean you don't go through difficulties? No, it's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, it just, it just. God was just reminding me of that. I don't have to fear what, what judgments he brings. Because he is going to provide for me. All right, now I want to flip over now to verse, chapter 9 because this this is again this is the context that he's speaking this in but here's where we're going to come and we're going to really hear about the hope that's in Jesus and and by the way this is over 700 years before Jesus would be born that he's talking about this so that's like you know the 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 age of our nation like times 3 so this is this is a long time out that this is being spoken about and uh, when Jesus came and lived his life, he fulfilled over 300 prophecies that are in the Word. Over 300. That is mathematically impossible to to, to be a coincidence. Okay? I mean, it's so clear that this is truth. And so in the midst of all this chaos, just like we find ourselves in right now, I want you to hear what the prophet says to those who are following God. Because these words are for you right now. This is where our hope is. Chapter 9, verse 1. Nevertheless, the time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. The time of darkness and despair that you are in right now will not go on forever. So don't let the enemy convince you of that. Don't let him take your hope away. Don't let him convince you that it's going to end in darkness. It will not. The land of Zebulun and Naphtali will be humbled, okay? And just like that, there's going to be some humbling that happens around us and in us. But there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. We're talking about Jesus here. Verse 2 The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. You will enlarge the nation of Israel, and its people will rejoice. They will rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest and like warriors dividing the plunder. For you will break the yoke of their slavery and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. You will break the oppressor's rod, just as you did when you destroyed the army of Midian. The boots of the warrior and the uniforms, bloodstained by war, will all be burned. They will be fuel for the fire. Now, how is it that Israel is going to be expanded, but yet he's talking about its destruction? How is all this tied together? Well, what he's saying is, for those who don't follow Jesus they're going to be destroyed. So even if they're a part of the nation of Israel, they're going to be destroyed. And like today, even if you're sitting in this church today, if you're not really following Jesus, guess what? You're going to be destroyed. I don't say that, to, I say that to spur you towards Jesus. You've got to follow Jesus. You, you, you know, Just because you're a part of a family that, that follows Jesus, that, that, that doesn't matter. You must follow Jesus. And so what he's saying is, there's going to be destruction for those who don't follow him. But then ultimately, ultimately, the king, the king who is Jesus, he's going to come from this nation. And scripture declares, that's where he's coming back to. That's going to be the center of the world. It's not here, okay? It's there. He he is um, an Israelite. That's who Jesus is. And so what he's saying is, yes, there's going to be this destruction, and there's going to be this judgment, and there's going to be this refining, and so on. But ultimately, what's going to happen, because he's speaking to the heart of the people that have been following God. This was a nation that was established by God. And it is going to continue. And for those of us who follow Jesus, guess what? We've been grafted into it. We've been grafted into the people of God, and Jesus is our king. You know, we have this idea, uh, again, it's, uh, the American system is a great system for, for, for what we have, but, but again, does it work? No, no. What we need is a king, and a king who is not corrupt, and there is one who meets that standard, and it's Jesus, And that's why we choose him. That's why why we look forward to the day that that he is king. And all of this around us um, is transferred over to him. Verse 6 says, for a child is born to us. A son is given to us. And Get this, the government will rest on his shoulders. Notice it doesn't say, and he will go and die for us. We know that's true, but that's not his focus right here. His focus is the government is going to rest on his shoulders. Why is he saying that? Because the experiment of the nation of Israel failed as it was without God. Because they put humans who were not God in control and... They destroyed it. And so it is the same here. It doesn't matter what our system is. It will fall apart because we are broken. Our only hope is in Jesus. And so that's why it says the government will rest upon His shoulders. The day is going to come when all this corruption that is around us and and the suffering that comes. Now, there's plenty of suffering within ourselves because we choose bad. But but look at it. All around us, I I mean, there is so much injustice all around us. And of course, the the people that it's coming through are touting how just they are uh, all over the place. But but for those of us who've lived a while, we know it's not true, but it's going to change. And that's why we're celebrating. The government is going to rest on his shoulders. But the only way that we get to receive that is if we bow down to the king. And that means bowing down right now. He's the king. You are not. You know, one of the things that we're taught in our culture is, you know, question authority. Um, and just to immediately have that response to everything. Now, should we question things? Yes, a- absolutely. That's, that's how we find truth. I'm not saying that. But, but our attitude is, I don't have to answer to anyone. I don't have to answer to anyone. Listen, you don't. But you know what? God's going to cast you away from him and you don't have what it takes to survive without him. That place is called hell and it's no place of life. It's nothing but death. If you want to experience life, if you want to experience real life, it means bowing to Jesus. He's not an add-on. It means bowing. It means absolute surrender to him. That's why it says the government will rest on his shoulders. And then it says he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. Why is he called all these things? Because he has the strength to be king. Not only does he have the strength to be king, but he's not going to pass away. We don't have to fear the time that, okay, things are going good, but it's about to change. You know, he's getting old. Now we got somebody else coming in. No, no, no. He's everlasting. Why do we talk about peace? Because he's going to bring peace. He's not corrupt. He's not coming in to to oppress people. Um, He already has everything he needs. He's coming in to be a blessing. Verse 7 says, His government and its peace will never end. He will rule with fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. The passionate commitment Of the Lord of heaven's armies will make this happen. You know, I talked about conspiracy earlier. Is there conspiracy? Absolutely. There's a kingdom of darkness out there that is conspiring, trying to bring oppression and death and and all of those things. But here's the thing the passionate commitment of the ruler of heaven's armies, is going to bring about a kingdom that rules forever and you are invited to be a part of it. But what it means is right now, turning yourself over and saying, I want to be a part of that kingdom. I'm not going to put my hope in anything that is here. I'm not going to put my hope in myself. I'm not going to try to reach down deep inside and pull something out. It's not there. It's only in God. And there's no system in this world that, that can protect you, that can help you, that, that can give you life. It is all found in Jesus. And so that's, this is why we're celebrating. This is not just the coming of the Savior. This is the coming of the King. And guess what? He came. He came, He lived, and He died for our sins. And He's coming back. Yeah. And so right now, this is what we're celebrating. He's coming back. You, you, whatever uh, political system that you're putting your hope in, forget about it. I don't care what it is. It's going to fall apart. It is only Jesus. It is only Jesus. But we've got we to gotta put our hope there. And again, does that mean we're not involved in things? No, no, no. We always try to bring the ways of God. All right. We we don't just say, you know, forget about it. We we have been instructed to tend the earth while we're here. Okay, so we're going to tend it to the best of our ability. I'm going to tend my farm. Okay, I'm not going to just let it grow up and look like trash. I'm going to tend it. But I also know in the back of my mind, it's going to be burnt up. And so I'm not going to put all my work into that. I'm going to put my focal point on on spending time with the Lord. So when I get up in the morning and I'm like, I need to go do that and I need to go do that and I need to go do that. I'm going to say, I need to spend time with the Lord. That's the whole reason I'm here. And I'm going to focus on that. And if I got time later, I'm going to go do some of that other stuff. This is what I'm talking about. And when you do that, and this isn't about just doing, that's not my point. I'm telling you this because this is the path to joy. This is where I find joy. This is where I find fulfillment. This is where things start to mean something. This is when Christmas starts to mean something. It's when you're focused on Jesus, and then all of a sudden, the other things are going to mean something. Your family's going to be a joy because they're perfect? Absolutely not. Your family's a wreck. Mine's worse, okay? But you know what? There's going to be joy in the midst of it because you're focused on Jesus, Because you're focused on Jesus, but you got to focus on Him, and you got to celebrate. If you're focused on all this other stuff that He's given, it's going to pull you away. You're going to lack life, and you're not going to have anything to celebrate. So I want to invite you this morning, if you've never surrendered to Him, surrender. Make Him King. It's who He is. If you have surrendered to Him, keep walking that out. Go deeper. Surrender more and more, because understand all of this, he's going to do away with everything that's not him. And it's just going to be him. It's just going to be his kingdom. And those who've allowed themselves to be transformed, they're going to serve with him. Because government speaks of more than him. It speaks of all those who serve him. This is what you're being prepared for. But if you're focusing all your time on this life and trying to get what you can, you're not being prepared for this. And this is eternity. So make this your focal point. Let the Lord lead you in how to do that. Lord, thank you.